So we're at episode 35 now, actually, Alex, of the uh, podcast. So we're uh, cracking through uh, in a seas- this season, and we're going to start this week with last night, if that's all right. No problem whatsoever. It's, it's, a, it's a good place to start. And it's fresher in the memory, you see, so... Uh, I don't have to think my old my old brain doesn't have to think too hard. So we'll start we'll start with last night, then we'll go on to uh, Dorkin, uh, with loads of news this week actually, isn't there? Um, if you think about it, so there's loads of news to chat through, and then obviously we'll end up with a bit of a look around the top of the league, and a preview of a couple of tough games that we've got coming up, um, as we uh, we a couple of away games on the bounce I think um, that we've got to. Uh, that we've got to do so uh last night where were you sat what did you think um i actually had some really good seats in the mold road last night okay. so you were the match um i thought it was absolutely outstanding to be honest before the game i would have taken a, a nervy one nil win just yeah. capitalizing on county's defeat on saturday getting points on the board and going top but we got the three points and more. I think first half, excellent. Um, one of the best 45 minutes I've seen from Wrexham this season. Um, second half, it was more sort of seeing it out and yeah. making sure we didn't let Chesterfield back into it. Um, so over the moon to get the win, to go top, to play well. Good atmosphere as well, which I think helped. Um, it has been a bit flat in some of the matches this season, but... Um, fair play to the fans. They they stepped it up a notch yesterday. So pretty much the perfect night. Can't ask for much more, can we? No. Um, so obviously, I mean, we've we, we've beaten Chesterfield two one, and I, mean, I think on another day it could have been five two. Uh, I think they had a, a, a. I couldn't quite see it from our end, but did McCallum miss an open goal down the bottom end at uh, some point? It flashed across, across the goal. I, you know what it's like from the tech end. You can't see the bottom end, um, but there was one that I remember that flashed across the goal that looked like it should have been a gimme, um, and we wasted chance after chance after chance. So that could, you know, it could have been anything last night. But like you say, you just take a. It's, we're in. We're in winning mode now, aren't we? We've just got to win games. Doesn't matter how, just win games. So um we'd have taken that at the start of the night. But I never felt uncomfortable last night, did you? I always thought we were we had a bit more to give and we were always in an element of control. Yeah, it's very quickly on that Chesterfield miss. Probably the worst scene I've ever I've ever probably the worst miss I've ever seen at the race course. It was right on McAllen's right foot, two yards out, empty goal. And he somehow managed to to meg himself. Um, and of course, at that stage, it's 1-0, so it could have been a different game. But yeah. they had a little spell in that first half where they got in behind a couple of times and obviously created that chance. But yeah, apart from that, I think the early goal helps, doesn't it, in terms yeah. of controlling the game and what a goal it was by Elliot Lee. And yeah, second half was just, we were almost in cruise control, weren't we? Chesterfield never really looked like getting back into the game apart from 
a save from Rob, a save from Rob Langton, which we'll probably get onto later in the podcast. And yeah, having two one massively flattered Chesterfield, like you say, we could have scored four or five. Mullen had a one on one, which yeah. nine ninety five times out of a hundred he'll bury. Elliot Lee missed a really good chance as well, and then there was a couple of one on ones in the second half, which we skied over the bar. So. 2-1 doesn't tell the, the whole story, does it? Doesn't it? it should have been, like you say, probably 5-2 in the end. Yeah, there was the Luke Young header as well in the first half. He had a free header. Um, yeah. That was the other one. Um, so, yeah, before we get on to Rob Leighton, um, obviously we've, we, the Elliot Lee goal was quite interesting. Um, and that was a little 1-2 combination that he did with Paul Mullin, which was, although it was different although the goal was ever so slightly different it was the same people involved in the opening goal on Dorkin actually when you watch it back um so there's clearly a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of good understanding coming between them two now no no it's good to see um great sort of reverse ball by Mullen wasn't it oh, it's like different gravy that passes different gravy and then the finish as well put it in the same category curled into the top corner and Obviously, you had a great view of that in the tech end behind the goal. Um, yeah. It looked like a very good goal from where we were sat as well. And yeah, quality like that wins your matches yeah. and but delivers in big games. Like you've hinted at, I think I think you might have tweeted about it, actually. And I think you you, you touched on it before. The, the moment of the match, uh, for a couple of reasons, for me, is the Leighton save. So first and foremost, because it is a top draw save. Um, you know, he had to get down quick uh, just to get a hand on it. And obviously he actually, he puts it onto the bat. He doesn't know where it's going to go, but it goes onto the bar and comes out. Um, and what you might not remember is the direct result from that, that ball ends up going towards Jacob Mendy, who then tries to clear it as Jeff King comes in from behind him. Uh, and tries to buy a penalty. Now that was right in front of us, and it was never a penalty in a month of Sundays. Watching King collapse, it was embarrassing. But it was one of them that you were just waiting for the ref to blow because you know what the refs are like. You were expecting him to buy it, and it was never a penalty. And Paul Cook was going mad about it afterwards, saying, "Oh, he didn't give us a penalty in another game, and we've got that was definitely a penalty. It was never a penalty." Um, so for once, we actually had a bit of a decent ref last night to be fair but that moment for a number of reasons was key um but what a save by Rob Linton yeah I said McCallum's miss was one of the worst ones I've seen at the race course that was one of the best saves I've seen at the race course um the speeds or the power which I can't remember who headed it now but it was a strong header wasn't it from from close range into the ground and Moments like that win your games, win your league titles. Um, if that goes in, it's 2-1 with, what, still 55 minutes on the clock, so a long way to go in the game, and it, it gives the game a different complexion. And he'll make two or three of those saves bef- between now and the end of the season. Yeah. And he's just as important as Mullen at the other end because that save was as good as a goal. Yeah. And the title is probably going to be decided by by very, very fine margins. Yeah. Um, Rob Langton saves when he's on top form are the difference between winning and drawing or drawing and losing sometimes. And I think he's got a, a big part to play in the title race. No disrespect to Mark Howard, because I think he's done okay for Wrexham, but I don't think he saves that goal. 
No, I that's think what... Clinton at the club is capable of saving that. I was um I was with uh, uh Kath, my other half, I was with Owen, my son, and Neil from nineteen eighty seven till present um was uh, had one of our tickets last night. Um and we've basically said the same thing that um, you know, in my opinion, Howard doesn't get that. That was Howard's kryptonite, wasn't it? Something down low and quick. No chance. Yeah. But um, that's not a criticism of Mark Howard. Only elite goalkeepers at National League level can save that. I think most of the goalkeepers in the National League wouldn't have saved that shot. Yeah. So he's different. that's praise to Rob Langton, not a criticism of Mark Howard. He's different. He's a, he is a, he. Uh, it made me laugh listening to some other podcasts last year, and they were spinning some info that they'd had about how uh, close the club thought. Uh, Dibble and Lainton were in ability, um, not mentioning any names. And I tell you what, I mean, they, you, you couldn't be much more night and day. It's, you know, Lainton is so superior to anything we've had at this club in a long time. Um, so it was. I was delighted for Rob because that would have boosted his confidence massively. Nothing he could have done about the goal on Saturday. The goal last night, again, they've switched off late on. Um, I don't know, afraid to tackle or what? They weren't putting the foot in, just sort of trying to trying to keep positional positions and try and uh, sort of block them off. But Colclough, obviously, I think it was Colclough, managed to slot it in. Um, and it, it was good to see Leighton again. Unfortunately, there was a few times he had to give Max a rollick in. Um, and I just hadn't seen Howard. You probably you might not have been able to see it from where you were, but you can see it from right behind. Just hadn't seen Howard do that because there was a number of times that he needed that that wake up last night. Um, so, like you say, I agree. He's he's as important, um, and that was the reminder last night as to why. Yeah, um, like I say, maybe not a match winning save, but it's a, a save which changed the complex of the game because at two one. With 40 yeah. minutes left, it becomes a very nervous game. So I'm with you, despite Elliot Lee scoring a beautiful goal, moment Lovely. of the match, Rob Langton, what a save. Yeah. Um, uh, we were, there was a, a few rumours going circulating yesterday about Mullins fitness. Um, and supposedly he had a fitness test in the afternoon. Air quotes there. Supposedly, that was uh, if you know if that's what people were saying. So um, I don't know whether it's true or not. That, but we surprised by the lineup in any way. I thought we'd put Palmer back in. You see, I thought the experience would be uh, would be back, but obviously Parky stuck with the Dolby and was rewarded again with another prime Drogba goal. Prime Drogba goal. Yeah, I don't think you can drop Dolby at the moment. Um, that's testament to how well he's played um, in the past month or so. I thought he was superb again last night. It was yeah. between him and Elliot Lee for Man of the Match. I think the sponsors gave it to, to Dolby in the end, uh, so can't argue with that. But he's looking like more or less a complete striker, isn't he? He's good in the air, he's winning his flick-ons, he's quick, he's strong, he can finish. He's got a good pass on him as well. Um, so, yeah. And he's full of confidence at the moment. And when your strikers are full of confidence, then you just can't drop them because goal scorers tend to have spells at this level. And when Ollie Palmer's not having a good spell and Sam Dolby is, um, Parker's not really got um, a choice, does he, but to start Dolby. And he's on fire at the moment. Another well-taken goal. 
goal to add to the one he scored on Saturday. Um, and he'll probably start again away at Maidenhead on this Saturday as well. But yeah, no shocks in terms of the lineup. Um, the only thing that's keeping us guessing is the injuries. Um, yeah. So is O'Connell back? What's Cannon's, Cannon's fitness like? Um, yeah, but no real surprises in that lineup for me. Yeah, so it was good to see O'Connell back on the bench. So obviously he's nearly back. Um, before the game, I noticed um, they were uh, giving a couple of about three or four players a run out who weren't playing tonight um, to keep them to keep them sharp. Um, and that was James Jones, Bickerstaff, uh, Macalinden, and McFadzine was there. So obviously he's not a million miles from uh, of being in and around the the sort of first team squad. Um, Cannon was the one last night, one he that went down. I, I I haven't heard anything. I I couldn't tell it was it cramp or whether it was something that he tweaked or pulled. Did you get any sight of what you thought it was? No, at first it looked like quite a bad injury, but he seemed to get up and, and yeah. walk off. Okay, um, I thought he played very well last night. So hopefully, yeah. um, it's oh he's okay. It's hard to tell from the stands, isn't it? But he didn't look badly injured. No. Um, and it would be terrible bad luck for Wrexham if another one of our best players was on the uh, the on the injury list. So fingers crossed he's okay because he was a contender for man of the match last night alongside Lee and Dolby. Yeah, yeah, he did really well. And those those sort of fresh legs um are exactly what we need now, aren't they? Just to keep a bit of rotation. Um, and yeah, trying to keep people fit. calmness on the ball as well. He never looks rushed. He never looks under pressure. He's obviously championship standard because he's been at Hull for um, quite a while now. And I think he played against us for Stockport in the FA Trophy or one of the games against Stockport at the end of last season. And I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. He's just composed, good on the ball. And yeah, and especially with O'Connor out for... God Four knows weeks. how it's nice to have Cannon in form and playing. I did see uh, somebody said that they'd seen Aaron Hayden in a petrol station. <laughs> I think it was last night, and uh, that he was—he reckons he's a couple of weeks away from getting back into it. So, uh, if that's true, that's good news because obviously that'll strengthen the back line as well. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know that we won't be far off there with uh, o Tom O'Connor coming back. So, um, you know, we're going to have some real strength in depth at the end of the season, just when we need it, aren't we? Exactly, yeah. To have players like Aaron Hayden um, and Tom O'Connor come back to full fitness at the business end of the season, it's massive, isn't it? It's like signing two new players, two quality new players, and Hayden especially at the back, well, in both boxes as well. We yeah. miss him so much. Um, Set pieces. So Set pieces, yeah, in both boxes, he's ridiculous. So he'll be a massive boost. Okay. Anything? Um, anything else? What did you think of the Chesterfield support yesterday? Paul Cork. Paul Cork thought they were brilliant. Um, I suspect that was him trying to be nice because they're baying for his blood. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say they were brilliant. I thought no. they were okay. Um, surprised they didn't sell any more tickets. I was expecting both tiers to be open, unless they were only given one tier. Um, I'm not sure. I thought they were okay. There were a few controversial chants back and forth between the, yeah, the Chesterfield fans and the tech end, which probably wise not to repeat on here. <laughs> and, um, but they were okay. They were okay. 
Yeah, I didn't. Actually, they were quiet for a long time. Uh, and they weren't really when getting behind the team when they were behind and stuff. So uh, that, that's why I was, you know, that's why I, that's why I brought it up because I was a bit like, I didn't think they were anything special to be honest. I think you're right. I think a lot of them will be uh, hoping he's not in charge of their next game, and you can see why because they've not won in was it eight nine matches now. The yeah. form's fallen off a cliff. Um, and they might need a change just to reverse the the slump current because at the moment, I think they'd struggle to to get a playoff place. Yeah, they've got to be careful that they don't drop like too much, haven't they? If they don't fix it quick, then you could you could drop out of the place and never get back because the form of the other teams is on the up. So that's exactly. their danger. Fourth or fifth isn't disastrous because you get that home game in the the playoff quarter, but sixth or seventh is a huge ask when you've got to go away twice and then the playoff final at Wembley or wherever it is this year. Um, so keep a close eye on that one. I've got Chesterfield's Twitter account open as we speak. <laughs> He's looking for updates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they just don't score enough goals at the moment, do they? They. Uh, I, I was disappointed with the lack of uh, where's Shimanga gone chance last night, to be honest. Yeah, you we, should have started it. We missed a the we missed a trick there, didn't we? Yeah. Um, did, yeah. Um, but yeah, midfield. I think they're they've got some decent players, but their goalkeeper and defenders looked all over the place at yeah. the time. Nervy, and, weren't they? Very nervy on the ball. Nervy, yeah. The goalkeeper had a bit of a mare, and yeah, they just missed sort of a clinical. I know they've got McCallum, but he missed the sitter, and other than that, he wasn't really that effective. Um, so they're struggling in the the key areas, defence and attack. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good. So anything else to add to a, 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 a great night under the lights? People were really, there was lots of cheering as we sort of uh, song singing when we were uh, getting out the ground. Um, you know, people were really buoyed by last night. So anything else that we missed? Anything else that you thought of that was uh, worth a mention? Um, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. It's just nice for Wrexham to to play well in a big game on a Tuesday night against one of our so-called bogey teams and just make it look easy. So long may that continue. And of course, that was all set up really for um, the 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 extra spice in that was set up by the bonus Saturday night, I guess, wasn't it? Because um, I don't know whether you were watching it or whether you were just sort of following it. I was uh, I was actually out going to the cinema. And um, we were just actually sat in the reception area, just just waiting, and got the sort of notifications um, that it had gone two one at the end, and almost jumped out my seat. <laughs> what a bonus that was! That uh, Effie Young decided to uh, again turn into Thierry Henry. Yeah, I watched it in, uh, in one of the bars in Wrexham after the Dorking game, and it got to one one, and Notts County putting on relentless pressure and everyone said a draw would be a great result. Um, and then someone's phone went off um, on the app to say a goal had gone in, oh, but we no. didn't know who had scored. So we thought, <laughs> here we go, Notts County has scored. And then a few seconds later, they had the counter attack and time seemed to stand still for about 10 seconds on that counter attack. <laughs> and then that goal went in. Oh, great scenes, great scenes. And, yeah, who saw that one coming? I didn't. I thought Notts County would uh, would put Dagenham away because they're quite an inconsistent team. Um, but they defended. Oh, their defend defensive display was one of the best I've seen um, this season. 
blocks, tackles, good shape, good line, good tackling. A little bit of luck with shots being cleared off the line and perhaps one, possibly two penalty decisions going in their favour. But mm. no, absolutely huge, that result. And it made last night's result even bigger as well because we had to capitalise on that. Yeah. If we had drawn or had lost, then it would have been very flat. So Notts County fans, I'm sure, would have been keeping a close eye on on the game last night, and they'll be they'll be gutted now, especially with a another tough game away at Bromley on Saturday. They were having YouTube watch parties, mate, uh, <laughs> and they turned into Chesterfield fans for the day. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they would have been very disappointed. And those are the results you see. What Wrexham have got to do is break the spirit of Notts County. You've got to, you know. Um, just when they think they're either getting back into it or what, go and you know put in a put in a performance and just kill a team off. Um, and those that last night was a knife in the back. So the, you know that they that would have really hurt them last night because that was the big chance for somebody to go and uh, take some points, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, and like you say, you've got to be relentless and almost crush County's spirit in a way yeah. because. They'll pretend that they're not bothered, but I'm sure the players will have been bitterly disappointed. Chesterfield couldn't get a result last night. And it's almost a similar situation to what it was like last season um, in regards to us in Stockport. Stockport just kept on winning and kept on winning and we were doing all we could, but it was never quite good enough. So now we've got top spot. One point ahead with that game in hand, we just have to be relentless now. Keep winning, keep winning. Don't give County a sniff and don't allow that game on the 10th of April to decide the title. It needs to be needs to be sorted before that. That's ambitious. <laughs> not that far I don't mean one, but we need to be three, four points ahead. So Yeah, let's not have it. Do. Let's not have too much resting on it if we can. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So should we should we roll the football over then? Should we go into Dorking, um, and just yeah. uh, and just touch on that because that was a I know it's pretty uneventful. Is it uneventful? Is that unfair? You know there wasn't uh, there was no threat in that game really, was there? No, I mean it was the game most of us expected. Wrexham were comfortable. Dorking, to their credit, played some decent football. Yeah, put a few passes together, but. When they do that, they do leave themselves exposed at the back. And yeah, it was, to use a cliche, a routine win, wasn't it? I think um, once Lee scores relatively early. So obviously we win the game 3-1. Lee scores again after 10, 12 minutes uh, with a brilliant, another another wonder strike on it. A lovely move, a little bit of interplay with Mullin and he pings it nearly top bins. And at that point, everything settles then, doesn't it? You know, the Wrexham, there's no pressure. Um, they can just play, um, and obviously Dorking then it sort of compounds the fact that they uh, you know they can't defend, uh, and it's their that it's their it's their kryptonite that isn't it. Yeah, not a bad team to watch, and their goal actually was very well worked. They must have strung about yeah 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 together in the build up to that, but they're just lacking a bit of steel, aren't they, in midfield and in the back. Um, don't know how many clean sheets they've kept this season, but I bet it's not many at all. Um, but yeah, we got the game we wanted. Simple, routine, couple of good goals. On to the next one. Yeah, Mullins got got a, a lovely goal, and then a, the big big moment for Dolby because that uh, goal. Obviously, this was 
prior to Tuesday. This is the goal that sort of gives him the confidence to do what he does on Tuesday, doesn't he? Because it's a similar-ish kind of thing where he's cut in from the side. Um, It's probably a better finish, the one on Saturday, than the one last night. Um, But either way, that, you know, getting the start, getting some some good play up there. You know, he did well. He held the ball up, flicked it on him, and Mullin had some nice touches. Um, and that probably, I, I think, think you're thinking about it, that sets him up for that brilliantly last night. Yeah, like I said before, he's confident, isn't he? Maybe when he first started playing or he was coming off the bench, he wouldn't have the confidence to, to beat a man or to cut inside or to have a shot from a tight angle. But at the moment, it's just tunnel vision. He'll pick the ball up, dribble into the box and get a shot off. Um, one on Saturday, especially, really good goal, catching the keeper out on the near post. I haven't seen the highlights of yesterday's, but it looked like the keeper might have been megged. Or yeah, I think, I think it was pretty him. much, it's kind of, he shot it straight at him. Whether it's gone through his legs or whether he's moved his legs to then try and set himself, you know, he should have saved it. You know, you'd have been really disappointed, the keeper. We don't care because it's gone in. Exactly. And when it's going for you, it's going for you. And it yeah. is going for Sam Dolby at the moment, even if you have to squeeze one through the keeper's legs or find goals from other methods, it's it's going for him. And yeah, he played very well on Saturday as well. Um, potentially unlucky not to get man of the match there. And yeah, it's a game that won't live long in the memory, is it? Let's it was be routine. Honest. It was very routine. It was very routine, yeah. But Dawkins can be dangerous. So once we went 3-0 up, though, it was game over and booze control, weren't we? Yeah, and that was the their goal, really, was us just switching off, letting them tippy-tappy around us. Yeah. Probably didn't expect the the uh, the quality of the cross and the header, um, and Leighton's got no chance on that. Tony Cliff might be a bit disappointed that he didn't do a bit more because um, he was the man that ended up with the, uh, the goal scorer, but... You know, you've just got to see the game out then, haven't you? But I know uh, Steve Parkin was interviewed last night instead of Phil Parkinson. And he said that um, two soft goals, that Dorking one and the Chesterfield one, he sort of made a comment about it. So clearly it had wrangled with him a bit. Yeah, I mean, you would be annoyed as well as a defender or a goalkeeper. Clean sheet um, bonus is gone. Your clean sheet bonus is gone, yeah. And it's... It's about setting standards, isn't it? Yeah. Fair enough, the goals on Saturday and Tuesday didn't matter, but there might be a scenario in the coming games where we do need a clean sheet because we are only 1-0 up. Correct. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to, to get a few more clean sheets because it doesn't seem that we've had many since since Christmas. No, well, we've only had the one, which was, uh, was it uh, a week ago or so? Um... Good for at home last Tuesday. Yeah, that was the first one since uh, Boxing Day, wasn't it? So, um so interesting, obviously, we haven't seen Barnett yet. He's been on the bench twice, not needed him. Stroke, you know, uh, decided not to bring him on. But Jordan Davis has had a couple, a few minutes now. Um, obviously, he had uh, a little bit last night when Cannon went off. And um, I think he came on for Elliot Lee for, on, uh, on the Saturday. So um, obviously, that's another, again, you know, we keep saying another weapon um, that, we'll, that we'll have once he's, uh, once he's back up to speed. Yeah, add him to the list of players who were due to come back and and improve us. Um, probably our second or third best player last season yeah. in regards to the goals, the assists, and the overall performances he was putting in. So, getting back to full match fitness, get two months out of him. Massive player to come back into the team because he can sniff a goal out of nowhere. 
Yeah. Um, and again, you know, somebody else with set pieces, the free kicks, is, yeah. he was a massive contributor, wasn't he? Um, is it written in the stars for all the new players we've got? It might be a local lad to, to score the goal that wins us the league. Well, you know, what, wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be uh, a story, an, an episode of the documentary, wouldn't it? Yeah. follow-up episode yeah. that would be. Um, so, uh, yeah. What's your gut feeling about how close to the end of the season this title is going to be won? Is it going to be a last day? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think my nerves could take it. No, that's why, you know, because anything the longer it goes, anything could happen, can't it? It's it's hard to say because you don't know what Notts County are going to be like um, after the loss on Saturday. Um, if we win our game in hand, we go four points clear. But we've got some tough games coming up, yeah. really tough games. And, of course, you've got the the game against County on, on April the 10th. So if County, God forbid, were to win that and make ground on us or, God forbid, again, increase their lead, um, it may well go down to the last day. I hope not. I hope yeah. not. Um, both teams have been relentless this season, ridiculously good in terms of performances and getting results. So on the basis of that, I think you have to go with the fact that, yeah, may well go down to the wire, if not the last two or three matches. And we've got some tricky last matches towards the end of the season. So squeaky bum time, as they call it, it could be. The thing, Yeah, the thing is, as you get towards the end of the season... Um, depending who you're playing, you can be you could be playing a team that's fighting for survival or a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs. So it's there's there's a bit more meaning to it, isn't there, to these games that you might have looked at it and gone, oh, I'll, I'll use Wellston as an example or Eastley. You go, oh, it's just Eastley. But if they're fighting for promote to get into the playoffs, you know, it's a different game, isn't it, going uh, going to some of these places. Exactly, yeah, and because it's the top seven who do get in the playoffs, you're going to have a lot of teams fighting for, for fifth, sixth and seventh spot. Um, and then at the other end, there's a few teams still in and around the, the relegation mix. Um, I know Oldham seem to have picked up again now. Yeah. but there's 11 points off playoffs like, they are now. Yeah, yeah. Two ones worth for, for turning it around. They seem to be in good form now, but... Like you say, there's going to be lots of teams looking over their shoulder who, and want to get one over Wrexham. It yeah. seems like we're not liked by anyone. Fans, um, or a lot of teams in the National League. So if we go to a, a ground, um, even at mid-table side, they're going to be desperate to, to put one us and put one over us and ruin the Hollywood or the Disney Plus story. So no easy game. I know it's a cliche, but there's probably no easy games from now until the end of the season. So, uh, so I've got to wish you happy birthday now. Then, how old are you tomorrow? You must be at least forty-two. Um, go on, make ten. me feel old. I feel, I'll feel old. I'm older after the season. I tell you, I will feel forty-two if it goes to the last day of the season. <laughs> um, you can take eleven years off that as it stands. Oh, really? What's uh, are you working tomorrow on your birthday? Do you have to take cakes in? What's the what's the etiquette? Um, I think cakes get given to me. Oh, okay. that's my hope because I've not got any to bring in. Um, I did bring some Welsh cakes in today for St David's Day, so 
people can have them if there's any left. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why not. Um, yeah. Okay. What plans you got? Anything exciting or not then? Nothing for tomorrow in particular. Work, open other presents have been given over the weekends. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's where my mind's in that pile that's what i'm gonna say yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay good all right well i hope you have a nice day he says thank you very much i'm sure you'll have a you'll have a lovely day um what do you want to do next Do you want to do news or do you want to look at the national league table um should we have a quick look at the table good see you my top okie dokie so um We've last few weeks we've just focused on the uh, promotion t- teams. So should we continue that trend, or are we are we interested in what's going on at the bottom of the league? What what's your thoughts? I think we can start with promotion and then have a look at what's going down in the uh, yeah. other games. So what's on. going on in the other bits? Um, so we'll start at the top, shall we? Seems as that's the most you know that's where the cool kids hang out. Uh, first place, Wrexham AFC played thirty-four games, eighty-four points. So obviously that's uh, four wins on the bounce. Last win was obviously the Chesterfield game, and obviously we go away to Maidenhead for a tea time match on Saturday. Um, so played a game more. Uh, Notts County played thirty-five, eighty-three points. Obviously they didn't play midweek, so we caught up on one of our two games in hand. Their last game was obviously the Dagenham and Redbridge loss at home, um, which we talked about before. It was a, a mystery how they ever lost that game, to be honest. Um, they go away to Bromley, who are in ninth place. Um, and these are the, this is what we were talking about before, excuse me. Um, these are the teams fighting to get into that playoff, which won't make it easy for them. Uh, yeah, it's a tough place to go, Bromley. Um 3G pitch, which adds to adds to the difficulty level, I guess you could say. Um, Knox County's only other defeat, uh, apart oh, from yeah. Stagenham, was was Dorking, which was also on a, on a 3G pitch. So read into that what you will, but they're a nasty team to play against Bromley, aren't they? Big, yeah. physical, obviously 3G pitch as well. So I'm sure we'll all be keeping a keen eye on that one before the, uh, yeah. the 20 past five kickoff. Because they can play at three o'clock, obviously. So, yeah. Woking in third, uh, 34 points, uh, 34 games, sorry. Um, so same as us. <laughs> They've got a game in hand on Notts County, but not that it matters because they're 21 points behind. Uh, they drew with Weldston, actually at home to Weldston, um, who were in 12th on uh, Saturday. Uh, and they're uh, away at Yeovil. So Yeovil are capable, even though they're in 19th, they're capable of a, a performance, aren't they? Yeah, Woking seem to have come out of form a little bit, haven't they, since they got the draw of us. Um, one win in the last six, but still doing very, very well in third spot. Okay, so Barnet, who've fallen off the face of the earth with their form, similar <laughs> to Chesterfield, really. Uh, I mean that in the nicest way because obviously they're in fourth place. They've played 33 uh, and have got 56 points, but they lost to Oldham at home uh, the other night. Um, And that's three losses out of the last five games. So they've taken three points from 15. So they'll be, uh, if they fall out of the playoffs or something, they'll be kicking their heels, won't they? Um, At that. Um, They go to Southend who will be buoyed by the news this week that they've obviously um, they've paid the tax bill. 
Um, so they've survived. A lot of their fans feel like it's just moving the problem, really, rather than fixing the problem, because obviously they've still got the same owner. Um, but the, I imagine, you know, that that will... Um, I think they've put some cash in as well to start paying some of the players, mm. etc. So you think they will, you know, Southend, who will come to in a minute, are already in a good place, will be buzzing after uh, after that news, I would have thought. So... Yeah, I saw a few fans ruthlessly say they hope Southend got kicked out of the league because it would benefit our league position and the fact we've only taken one point off them this season. Yeah, we spoke about that. We? Four, but no, it's good to see that they're still in the league, they're doing well, um, but obviously we play them in a couple of we, weeks. Yeah. We don't wish them well on that day. No. Uh, Chessfield now down to fifth. Um, so obviously they've taken three points from 15. Um, obviously, they lost to us in the week, and they're away at Gateshead, who uh, f- climbed out of the relegation zone uh, the other night uh, with a draw. Um, so, uh, yeah, something for, again, playing Gateshead, who got something to fight for, something to play for. Uh, Eastley sitting sixth on 54 points. They beat York City uh, 1-0, and they're away at Scunthorpe. Um at the weekend, and then seventh, last place in the playoffs, technically, um, is Southend. We've got fifty-three points. They, as we know, they beat uh, Torquay away in their last game, uh, and they've got there uh, as we've sort of touched on. They're, they're at home to Barnet, so that's a real, that's a really good game. That Southend Barnet one, I think that'll be a cracker. Um, just outside there, we've got um, Borenwood Bromley. And then a little bit of a fall to Dagenham and Redbridge then. Um, so, um, you know, there are lots of clubs fighting for those, uh, to get into those those sort of four, what, realistically, <coughs> Woking is probably a bit of a stretch for some of them. But, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh is up for grabs amongst seven teams at the moment, realistically. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, you would think it's going to be Wrexham, Notts County, Woking, top three. And then you've got a hell of a fight on for the for the next four playoff places. Barnet in fourth, all the way down to could even say Altrincham, Wheelston, and Solihull. If they had um, a good, they, you know, I, I, I think Solihull are too far out of it now, twelve or eleven points. But you know, one of them could have a good run, couldn't they? All it takes is three or four wins on the spin, and he can be back in contention despite being ten points off, um, because there is. Um, seven well, the top seven do get into the playoffs, so no, yeah. I'm not going to say I was, I was going to say who I'd like to play in the playoffs, but that's Don't not say a silly thing, it's like not so let's go. We'll have a we'll have a trip to the bottom of the table. Um, so sitting rock bottom is Maidstone, unfortunately, with 24 points. Uh, they drew with Scunthorpe, uh, and I've got a way to Solihull Moors. Um, Maidstone haven't won in the last five games. They've picked up three points, so it's not looking good for them at the moment. Then Scunthorpe, who uh, have drew. So those two played each other in the week, drew one all, bottom of the table clash. So neither team could afford to lose that as such, could they? I don't think a draw is any good to either team. And they need a win. One of them needed a win. Yeah. Um, so Torquay then uh, 22nd. So they've got uh, one win in five. Um, so they actually, uh, they obviously lost to Bromley last and they've got Aldershot, who is 17th. Um, 
So Torquay have been in and around that bottom four all season, haven't they? Um, and then following the defeat to us, obviously, at the weekend, now Dorkin have fallen from mid-table. Like, they're the ones that have fallen like a stone and now sit in that fourth relegation spot um, on 33 points. Now, that's level on points with Gateshead and Yeovil. Um, but Dorkin have played a game more. And I'm guessing it's goal difference, which is obviously what, which is, which is uh, put them in there. And that's the, that's the problem. You know, they've conceded the most goals in the league. Uh, yes, the most <laughs> goals. There are 77 goals they've conceded. Um, so that's, uh, you know, if that's that's the problem, isn't it? If you concede goals, <laughs> it's hard to win games. Exactly. You look at their goals scored, 48. They've actually got what the joint best in the bottom half of the division. Um, yeah, but like you say, you can see what their issue is conceding goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just uh, they need to learn. I mean, they were they were a nice team to play against, weren't they? They need to learn the dark arts, you know, and uh, and, and and you know, if they wanted to survive, that's what they've uh, they've got to do. Yeah, um, and I guess that sort of those promotion spots 33. I mean, whew, you could go up to 16th, 15th, somewhere around there. You're not safe in there if you have a, you know, again, there's there's another five or six teams just outside that relegation zone that are, uh, perhaps do feel comfortable, but a couple of losses and, you know, they're going to be under pressure. Yeah. Halifax, I noticed, was an interesting one in the week. I don't know if you saw that. They beat Wellston 5-0. They haven't scored five goals in about the last nine games, I don't think. Yeah, and they needed that as well, because if they'd lost that, they'd only been four points above the playoff zone yeah. and... There's a point around Christmas time, they were a couple of points off the playoffs. So just shows you, doesn't it, how one month of bad form can put you close to the playoffs or put you down in a in a relegation scrap. Like this league, you you are um it, it just goes to show that you need that squad depth, don't you? Because those Tuesday, Saturday games, eventually they tell on you. Yeah. And like you said about Dorkin, you need to learn how to win ugly or grind a point out away from home. Because um, fancy football and attacking play is good when it works, but sometimes you just have to yeah. keep a clean sheet and escape of a draw or, or yeah. a jammy 1-0 win now and then. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So that's how the league looks. Let's touch on uh, oh, a plethora of news this week. Um, what do you want to start with? Where should we start? Should we start with the gig? Should we start with the big gig? So the, the race, gig. the the racecourse ground is uh, is going to be back to being a a music venue. Uh, is that fair? That's fair comment. Um, we've got uh, is it the twenty fifth and the twenty sixth of May? So that's the Saturday and the Sunday night. The racecourse is going to be rammed with thousands of fans of the Declan Swans. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're appearing at the race course and they're going to be backed up by some kickabout lads I've never heard of called Kings of Leon. What did you think of that news when it got announced, Alex? Um, yeah, happy. Came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? There wasn't yeah. any no rumours or, or speculation on social media and massive band, aren't they? Huge bands. So, hell of a coup to... Declan Swans, ma- worldwide, mate. <laughs> And Kings of Leon, you could say. Um, <laughs> exciting times. The only thing I'm slightly disappointed with is, is the price of the tickets. I know concert tickets aren't cheap and everything's Ticketmaster take most moment. of that money, I think. 
Yeah, but I think it's what eighty-four pounds just to stand. Yeah, I thought they'd have a, a special deal maybe for for Wrexham members. Yeah, but yeah, I get that. They are a world famous band, so you can see yeah. why the the prices could be that high. Yeah, yeah, but still, again, you know, um, I did wonder whether we'd sort of seen the last of the uh, the, the concerts and stuff. Because uh, it was it was revenue generating for the you know for the the board wasn't it, um, and we needed that revenue. Um, whereas obviously now they don't need it, so I did wonder whether we'd perhaps never see something again. So that's uh, that'll be it's interesting to see whether that's the last one or whether we'll we will see more depending how it does. Yeah, and we've got shrewd businessmen and business women at the helm now, and obviously we don't generate any match income um, or ground revenue so to speak, during the the off-season in the summer. So it's a, if you have one or two gigs a year over the summer, it's going to bring in a lot of money. So I think the, the stage is going to be towards the cop end, isn't it? Judging I'm assuming that that's what they did last time. So I'm assuming that's what they'll do. Yeah. Um, no, I'm so on the fence about getting a ticket, but good news for the town. And good news for... They've, they said the Declan Swans were opening, so obviously that's great for them. Um, and whether there's anybody else or whether it's just them two, um, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But it's nice for the Swans because obviously, you know, that's dream come true stuff for them because, you know, they, they've gone from playing the turf fan zone, really, to playing the uh, the race course. And, I, you know, that when they sing, well, uh, when they sing that song, the, the roof's going to come off that place, isn't it? Is it? Especially... Especially if, uh, especially if we've got promoted somehow by then as well, it's going to be a right party. Oh, they'll they'll save that song to last, won't they? And once that gets belted out, the whole ground will be joining in. And yeah. like you say, hopefully we'll be in League Two at that point. So it'll be a a feel good atmosphere around the grounds. I think yeah. there was something similar with the was it the Stereophonics you played during the Euros? Yeah, uh, it, well, I don't know whether it was through during the Euros, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, so we got some uh, season ticket renewals through this week, um, which we, I've done all our, all four of ours. Um, and tied into that was the announcement that they've obviously extended the deal with Macron um, for another season. Um, uh, they're going to carry on sponsoring the stand and supply the kits. And obviously they, uh, they gave people the opportunity to pre-order the kit and get a fiver off the new price that's £5 more than the old price. <laughs> um, so we won't get into the politics of the season tickets because there is some areas that are not great for some of the OAPs and stuff. They've uh, they've chopped and changed some of the, the ticket pricing and they're having to pay a lot more money in some places. But, um, you know, that is what it is, unfortunately. They've, they've taken those decisions and that's what they are. But they did obviously hint at the new kits in that. So we've got a black... Yeah, black the cup kit, should we call it? A third third kit? Uh, a white away one? Was it white? Yeah, yeah white away. And then yeah. obviously we'll have we'll have red home. Now, we've not seen any of these yet. Um, or have you seen them? I've not seen any of it, no. right? There was a rumour going around that we were going to see it. It's going to see the third one today. Um, uh, but, um, with the, I've, you know, I've not seen anything yet, although I will just check the phone just in case. <laughs> Uh, no, nothing at the moment. So uh, yeah, there was a rumor that St David's Day we were gonna gonna see the third one, but uh, I thought there was a rule in this league where you couldn't have <coughs> black kits Correct. because the referees are always in black. There Does is, there is. So 
Humphrey Carr was on the Rob Ryan Red podcast and he addressed this. He said there is in this league that rule, which might be totally irrelevant, uh, obviously, <laughs> but also um, that obviously it would we could use it in some of the cup competitions you can use. that You know, there isn't an exemption in the cup competitions. So um, they, they, they were confident in the... The two other kits that they've got, they would if they needed to come up with a, a like a third kit for some bizarre reason and couldn't use the black kit, that they would blend the other two kits together uh, if they needed to. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we well, could, might be having, we might have a mismatch of a third kit if we couldn't use the black kit. So, uh, but they were Is confident. It a black and white emergency <laughs> kit. <laughs> they were. Humphrey <laughs> was confident. It sounded like they knew. And I did wonder whether, like a lot of in a lot of countries now, refs wear fluorescent yellows and purples and greens. So I did wonder whether perhaps they knew already that the refs were switching from black or something. But he didn't say that, so uh, maybe not. Yeah. Um, um, no, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, we've had a black away kit for for many years now. I do like a black one. I do like a, a black kit. You see, so um, yeah, I'm all for I'm all for that. So uh, yeah, that's uh, just. Uh, a little bit. It'd be, it'd be nice to see them. Uh, you know, a lot of the Premier League clubs they've released their kits and they wear them on the last game of the season. Um, so it would be nice to see them early um, and get a get a taster of what they uh, of what they are for next season. And obviously, they've said already that they've ordered ten thousand more kits than they did last season um, because of yeah. the, the shortages and the demand. So um, and this pre-order will help you see because that'll take away a lot of that initial first day sort of influx. So, um, you know, yeah. I do think it's hard to ask somebody to pre-order and pay towards a kit that you haven't seen, however. <laughs> That's a bit unfair. Yeah. Just going on to a previous point you said there about perhaps wearing it during the last home game of the season. Um, what would you do if the title was still on the line? Do you think well, that would be a good idea? Does it matter what kit you're wearing? Does it matter? I think it does. I think it does. Is that like like tempting fate or what? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's a matter of what badges you've. He's got a Vanarama National League badge on. It doesn't matter, does it? If the title's on the line, I don't think you can change your kit. (laughs) No chance. Alex's superstitions are kicking in here. This is brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Oh well. Well, I mean, I, I. We'll see. Uh, well, obviously, I don't think we've ever done that before, but uh, Premier League clubs definitely do do it. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so the ladies are going to be playing at the race course. Did you catch this bit of news today? Oh, I've missed that one. I've not been on Twitter much today. Okay, so That's their final news. game of the season, which is against the rivals, Connors Key, um, is going to be at the race course ground. Um, so we have got no. Uh, we had a, actually had a really good response to um, Carly's uh, match report last week, but she's let me down this week. So they didn't go to the game. Uh, <laughs> they go to every other game and they haven't been this week. I think Carly had a hockey or a tennis tournament or something. So um, so I've got no ladies match report. But um, yeah, their last their last game of the season will be at the race course. It's uh, on Sunday the twenty sixth of March, two o'clock kickoff, which they always are in that league, uh, and it's entry for a quid. So um, I think they're they're hoping to try and break. I think I think it's somebody like Cardiff ladies who've got uh, five and a half thousand, which was a would be a nice record to go and take back uh, for people watching uh, that, that sort of football. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, they'll, oh, you'll be able to pre-order tickets from Monday, the, Monday, 10 a.m. on Monday, March the 6th. So you can people can go and buy the tickets. So it looks like you, you need to uh, obviously pre-buy your tickets, not turning up and putting a quid in a Tupperware box anymore. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, like, we, we did mention it. It'd be nice for the ladies to get at the race course in front of a big crowd. There's the chance now. Um, so I'm sure yeah. you'll be there, Alex, won't you? You can be our roving reporter that day. Oh, I'm actually on holiday that weekend. So yeah, uh, well, I, I, see, I'm in Egypt that week that weekend. I'm in Sharm El Sheikh, so otherwise I would have gone, obviously. Yeah, you know what? I hope they do a lot of marketing on it because I reckon we've got a chance of beating. Was it five and a half thousand? Uh, roughly, yeah, I think it was. If we yeah. get Ryan Reynolds and some good publicity around, I think we've got a great chance, especially if it's just a pound as well. Yeah, well, I think that's possibly obviously what they're hoping, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah good luck to them good luck it's a great great um moment for them isn't it being able to play in what yeah. I would imagine would be thousands of people at the race course so yeah yeah okay really good news really good news um i guess we'll uh, we'll finish with a little bit of uh streaming news shall we did you see the uh, article about uh, how uh, they think Wrexham have benefited from national league tv i thought this was really eye opening um, financial sense yeah. Yeah. yeah so obviously I reckon are probably I'll be amazed I just can't, I, I won't believe you um, if you tell me anybody else is getting bigger a bigger um, viewing than Wrexham um, on the National League TV um, but to summarise it up they sort of said uh, what in a two month period we'd made £225,000 I think it was from the diff- various different passes etc um, so let's let's just it's under a grand a month at the moment is what it's worth to us now obviously we we are paying some money out obviously because we're having extra cameras and ex, you know a bit of extra extra goings on um, but I mean that's you know can you imagine if we'd have said two years ago we're going to be making hundred thousand pound a month from streaming you you wouldn't have believed anybody would you absolutely not and may even be more in um in march and april as well considering some of the, the huge matches we've got so yeah really encouraging figures obviously like you say not all of its profit because there's more cameras production costs etc but still a lot a lot of money which is coming into the club yeah so i think they they, they um they had a bit of a breakdown on the website there was um obviously there's different subscription tiers so we won't go into the small detail but 4,650 international passes um, and 5,823 individual domestic passes. Um, so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of eyes um, that they think has uh, generated that. Um, and still plenty of room to grow that number. That's, uh, you know, there's still big opportunities there um, to grow those numbers. I think that's what they'll be looking at to think, you know, they'll... You think the reach that the owners have got, they'll definitely be thinking, yeah, we can we can get more people watching this. Oh yeah, and the um, the international viewing figures for the Notts County game, I imagine, would be very very high. Yeah, yeah. Is that did they, have they not picked that for TV? <laughs> I don't think it's been announced yet, but I would put my life savings on that. They'll have to put that on BT Sport game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um so yeah but still you know point is that we that's another source of revenue which is uh, helping us uh, 
you know, helping the club out massively. Um, yeah. So nice to get some insight because that's the type of stuff normally you don't hear about. It's just sort of uh, kept in in house, and I haven't heard any other club announce it. So uh, quite interesting. Um, and we we we're now in March. We're St David's Day today. We're in March. What does that mean? That means it's transfer deadline in a few weeks' time, Alex. It's normally the last Thursday of the month. Obviously, we de- we never normally have to worry about this because our transfer deadlines used to end in January. But no, the the National League deadline is uh, a few weeks off. Um, what are what are what are what are your thoughts? Is Parky still going to have to do something? I mean, there's talk of Reese Johnson going out on loan. Um, so uh, obviously that'll be one out now that we've got Barnett in. But uh, does he hold his nerve? Does he stick with what he's got, or will he? The you know these mulling sort of rumours of his hamstrings and whatever. Will will he be thinking? Oh, we better just do something. Oh, it all comes down to if players get injured, doesn't it? Which you can't predict or foresee. Um, if we could guarantee every single player we've got now doesn't get injured injured until the end of the season, you'd say, no, we're fine. And with you, the only position that worries me injury-wise is, well, is Paul Mullen. Um, yeah. I don't think we've got anyone who can replace him. Um It'd be what Dalby and Palmer up front, or would he play Elliot Lee as sort of the the in the Mullen role? Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because to get a player of Mullen's standard or close to Mullen's standard is not going to be easy, and there's not going to be a a player, a decent player who's going to come to Wrexham knowing they're only here to cover Mullen if he does get injured. So. He does seem to have a very, very good injury record. Touchwood, <laughs> Touchwood. So hopefully we'll be okay. Um, I just don't think there's a, there's a player who'll come here and agree to sit on the bench from League Two or League One. Um, I think we're going to stick with what we've with what we've got. Interesting what you said about Hall Johnson um, going out on loan. Yeah, I don't think we'll probably see Hall Johnson in a Wrexham shirt next season, regardless of, of which league we're in. Yeah. Um, so you can't blame him for wanting to go out and get some minutes in his belt and perhaps put him in the shop window for other yeah. clubs, so to speak. So, yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see that one. Yeah. Um, I'm. I, we were talking about this, actually, uh at half time i think it was the other night and um, at the game and just uh if if one of our strikers goes down what do you do it's 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 an elliot lee jordan davis type of you know fix it job or it's bicker staff and i'm not sure that i would be relying on that if i was phil parkinson i think that could be the difference between you going up automatically and not and I would be looking for a very good substitute um, from any league, um, you know, to uh, to come and sit on our bench. But he's got a few weeks to see, so you know, um, I, I, uh, it's normally about the twenty fourth ish, so it's the Thursday around there. So we've got a few weeks, um, but after that point, that's it. Then whatever we've got, we've got. So uh, we'll Parky might be a braver man than us if he uh, if he just mm-hmm. goes with that. We well, he's got see. a decision to make, hasn't he? Yeah, 
yeah, there yeah. is a decision to make on that one. So so let's see. Um, but I'm with you as good a player as Bickerstaff and as Jordan Davis and Elliot Lee is to ask them to replace Mullen um, is a big, big ask. And it's it's impossible to replace Mullen, isn't it? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you wouldn't be. You, you, realistically, you, you're looking for a a, th a third stroke, fourth choice striker who's happy to be on the bench or maybe not even on the bench, but come come and fight with Dolby or whoever for the bench spot, really, aren't you? That's yeah. what you're doing. Someone like an Andy Dallas, maybe. Yeah, well, lots of rumours about whether he wants to go back to Scotland or not. But, you know, so there's people there. There's, there is there is National League players there that they could go and do a deal for if they if they wanted to. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But the point is, you know, we're we're three or four weeks or three weeks and we're three weeks away um, to, uh, to potentially having to make one last addition, injuries permitting. So let's talk football again. We're uh, we're under the lights on the TV away at Maidenhead on Saturday. Um, do you make any changes to the team, and what are we expecting? I'm assuming you're not going. Are you? I I I can't go because my lad's playing football, so it'll be a TV job for me. Uh, it's down south and it's on TV, so yeah. that's a no from me. <laughs> uh, so team wise, what do you what do we do? Any changes? I mean, with the question mark, I guess is uh, I, there's two question marks for me. Uh, is Cannon fit? You know, was it just a bit of cramp? Um, so is he fit? Uh, and if he goes out, it's probably James Jones that comes in. Um, and is O'Connell fit enough to come back in and start? Because I think if he is, he'll come in for Max. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. If O'Connell's fit, um, get him into Max's spot. But Max did okay last night, but he had two or three sort of shaky moments where my toes are out to bail them out. Um, and I just think O'Connell offers more of a, a solid presence, especially in the air. Um, so, yeah, if he's fit enough to be on the bench last night, I would imagine he'd be fit enough to play um, on Saturday. And, yeah, I'd bring him into the back three. And yeah, if Cannon's fit, stick with Cannon. I like the um the dynamic of the midfield last night. I thought it worked really well. Um so Cannon keeps his spot if he's fit. And we could argue with the other talking point is the striker position. Do you bring Palmer back? But yeah. not for me. I think you've got to stick with Dolby. Any rotation at all? So for instance, would you consider giving Davis a start to get some minutes into him? Or is that too dangerous and you stick with players that are, you know, fit and playing? I think you've got a stick. You don't change a winning team most of the time. I know I've just said you should change a winning team with O'Connell for Clayworth, but Elliot Lee's playing well at the moment. He'll be high on confidence um, from his goal on, on Tuesday. I thought he was close to getting man of the match. Yeah. And yeah. And add to the fact Davis hasn't had a full 90 back in the team yet. He's had a couple of, what, 10, 15-minute cameos. So Same again, I'll probably on Saturday. Yeah, stick with Lee. Um, so, score-wise, what, what do you think? I think we'll uh, we'll win 2-1. Maybe 2-0, but probably 2-1 is my gut feeling. I don't think it'll be... It's not going to be easy. It's probably going to be ugly. And I don't care how we win at the moment, to be honest. It's a bit of a bogey side slash ground, isn't it, for us, Maidenhead? Um, 
They've won three in a row, actually, which, which is quite worrying as well. Never an easy place to go. But I think at the moment, we're just, we're on a roll, aren't we? And yeah. it takes a lot to stop us. And Maidenhead are, what, lower mid-table for a reason? Yeah, so, in theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. In theory, yeah. So there's no reason why we can't go down there and win. But as we've seen with games against Aldershot, uh, Maidstone, teams down there in the table... But we've had to rely on last-minute winners to to yeah, get the three right. points. So it won't be easy. Definitely won't be easy. But I do expect us to get the job done. Um, I'm going to go for a two-one win as well. Okay. The one that concerns me most out of the games this this week is the away at Dagenham and Redbridge. Ooh. They'll be obviously. I don't think they've got a manager yet. Still officially, um, but they'll be buoyed by that county away win. It's. Uh, it's not a place I enjoy going. That that last game of last season wasn't fun. Um, the last game of the last two seasons. Yes, well, the, yes, yes. Um, it's not. It's sort of got that air. It's got that yeah, that aura around it now, hasn't it? It's got a bit that disappointment about it. So um, that's the game that I think. Dare I say it? We might drop some points. Yeah, not an easy place to go. They did lose last night to, um, I can't remember now, could have been Maidenhead, actually. Um, they're an inconsistent team, Dagenham, but I've got a feeling they'll they'll raise the game against us. Um, a new manager could be in place by then as well, which... New manager bounce. Doesn't work in our favour. It always happens either. to us, that new manager bounce. Yeah, always it does. It does, yeah. It was Maidenhead, um, sorry, by the way. that, that uh, It was there. Maidenhead. You know what? A draw might not be the worst result in the world. If we can win Saturday, maybe rely on Bromley to do us a favour um, that same day as well. Draw's not a bad result. And there'll be people who'll have a meltdown and say, oh, why aren't we winning? We're bottling it. But yes, it, it really isn't the end of the world if we if we don't win that game. Both teams are going to drop points between now and the end of the season. It's a tough, tough place to go. So... Be a nervy one, won't it? That's for sure. Yeah, and I think that is our second game in hand. Yeah. Just uh, just having a check, because uh, although there is pretty much a full fixture list that night, apart from uh, whoever whoever uh, the other team is, but County don't play that night. Uh, like Chesterfield are away at Southend. Um, so there's a big game. Um, so, yeah, I got just... I hope I'm wrong... But if we're going to drop some points out of these two games, that'll be the one I would have thought. And I've just got to hope that we can get a draw. Away at home, a draw there. Like I say, I don't think that's the... I don't think that's the... I think they'll be... If they come out with like no injuries and no suspensions, I think they'll go tick it off the list. We'll, we'll take that, if that's the one. Yeah, four points from those two games with no injuries, no suspensions. Um would be okay. Obviously, yeah. I hope we win both of them. We've got a really good chance of winning both of them, but you're not going to win every game, are you? And no. there's some tough teams in this league. So I'm with you. I think that might be the game coming up where we, we might have to settle for a draw. Um, good. Well, let's hope we're wrong and it's six points. Um, <laughs> and we look fools. <laughs> I will happily take look a fool. Yeah. Fool. Yeah. <laughs>
on the Kairos anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragonflies. We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey. We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best mate Mickey T Davis was a druid, he loved Cumbry And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far feel like Trinidad We've had great players And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league I've been selling my nephew and my godson I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mom and dad fees Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday Back in the football league